Welcome to Re-Review, where we watch movies from our past with a perspective from today. Your hosts are Matt, Bobby, and Austin, and we have an immense love for the films of our youth, so we're taking a look back to see if they still hold up. On this episode, we are discussing Men in Black, released in 1997, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, starring Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith, and Linda Fiorentino. This movie tells the story of a secret agency protecting the world from the worst in the universe. This is a fair warning. We are spoiling a 24-year-old movie, so if you haven't seen it, we will be revealing key plot points. Matt chose this film, so he'll open up our discussion. Yeah, this was a uh, interesting pick for me. Um, I kind of feel like this time period in the mid to late 90s was kind of like the the quintessential movie watching time for me um, growing up. So a lot of these movies uh, definitely have a fond place in the back of my mind, and so when I was going through to choose what movie to go with, this one kind of stood out. Watching it again is kind of an interesting thing because it honestly kind of holds up pretty well for me. Um, the pacing was fairly decent. With some of these older movies, pacing kind of gets lost, I think, sometimes. I think as as we grow older, we watch more, you know, get into like the Michael Bay-esque type movies where it's like bam, 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 action all the time and, you know, comic book movies and stuff like that where we're constantly being fed you know, action and suspense and stuff like that. I think it kind of makes older movies from, you know, the nineties, eighties, seventies feel significantly more sluggish in comparison, but I never really felt bored at any point during this, even during the slower parts. Um, the action uh, was subdued. It, it wasn't, you know, anything too crazy. I imagine this movie being made in 2021, there'd be a lot more crazy CGI and, you know, I, I think if you watch the the Men in Black was it international a few years ago. It's a good example of what they would have done if they had too much access to computer generated effects, or there would have just been chaos everywhere. Um, things are pretty subdued. Um, it was actually surprising that a lot of the effects held up um, a lot better than you would think from a 1997 movie. There is movies from a few years ago that didn't hold up nearly as well. Now, not everything was perfect by you know by any means, but. Um, considering the time period and everything else, I think the use of the the puppets and the CGI when necessary really really helped out. Um, I think uh, was it Rosenberg? Like that looked great. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I know Bobby was saying how like they switched between the two different size, you know, puppets for it, and it really shows. You know, you can see like the breathing and just the facial tics and stuff was great. Um, I think Will Smith. This is like peak Will Smith to me during this time period. You know where he could still do that whole kind of manic screaming, running around thing and it not get too annoying. Um, in some later movies, it, it kind of grades. There's uh, an edge there. There's yeah. an edge. You're mentioning it. <laughs> you know, this is, this is pre, you know, serious drama, Will Smith, but you know, he, he still kind of had that, you know, energy to him. Um, I think the dynamic between him and Tommy Lee Jones is great. Having the, the comedy man and the straight man, works pretty well. The gruff veteran and the young, you know, inexperienced new buddy cop type thing. Um, it definitely played off of that for sure. The buddy cop formula uh, mixed with kind of like that noir trying to find the, the galaxy element, uh, making it into like a little hunt, which was great. Um, I like Vincent D'Onofrio. I always forget that he's in this movie and you know, you kind of, he loses his, his face and all the makeup as it progresses. So you kind of lose track of who it is, but I think seeing him awkwardly trying to make human poses as a bug was, was pretty good. Um, even some of his dialogue 
was was pretty pretty well delivered so yeah overall i think it's pretty solid i really i really enjoyed it i really like going back and seeing this again so i don't mess up his name vincent dianafrio i probably still butchered it <laughs> i have to agree with you I, I mean honestly he was one of my favorite parts and having that those nostalgia moments of thinking when i first saw this film and just being weirded out by that character and the uncomfortableness that the motions the way he acts and moves presents it it is really really good and i want to give kudos to all of the makeup artists because staring at that face and getting that impression that the skin was really being worn it's really gross they did a good job with that. It, it's it's disgusting in a way that I I truly appreciated. You mentioned Tommy Lee as Kay playing the straight man, but I actually found him to be the funniest in a way that I ended up appreciating more so than Will Smith. I felt like Will Smith was there to do his Will Smith thing. But man, when Tommy Lee hit hit you with those points, it was like this is this is a comedic timing that that I felt like Will Smith didn't even get a chance to really get to because he was just doing his shtick. And Tommy Lee was like, yeah, I, I am here to play the straight man. But by the way, I'm also very, very, very funny. So that K character just, it was probably my favorite thing. And you mentioned it's somehow holding up all these years later, especially with the pacing and, and how we've seen, you know, the movies we've watched, especially some of them just drag and you feel the pain as we go through. I, I know we have some, some points near the end where we felt the story doesn't really dial us in the way it potentially could, because really the way they line this up, you really start to care for the characters and kind of want to see what's going to happen with where they go. And, and we can get to the ending a little bit later, but it, uh, it, I just, I did find it impressive. And, you know, I thought about the technical aspects, especially the CGI. And it's interesting seeing the puppets because I felt like the puppets you would pull off that in CGI today and it would really look the way those puppets appeared on screen. Um, but, you know, you could tell there was green screen, blue screen going on. And in a way that was forgivable, the, the 3d models were of the time. <laughs> I didn't see the new one, so I don't have that perspective to, to know what they did with it, but it sounds like they just went overboard. So, Usually with CGI, it doesn't matter what the movie it is, it's a delicate balance, or either not, it needs to be hidden so that the viewer can't really tell that, oh, I, I you know, this is taking me out of the film. So I still enjoyed it for for those particular things. Uh, Bobby, your thoughts? No, I mean, I I actually have to really just agree with you guys. I mean, I, I thought the movie was really, really well paced. I thought that you know, uh, definitely talking about, you know, Tommy Lee and, and Will Smith. I think that, you know, when you mentioned the buddy cop thing, I mean, I think there's, there's a reason why that formula stays for so many movies and why it works so well. And I think, I really think that, you know, like the, the, that like mentor mentee kind of buddy cop kind of situation really, really worked for this. And I mean, I, I think it's really interesting that, this movie was a comedy and I was trying to think of, I, I can't really think of too many other like big budget sci-fi comedy movies. I mean, I think that's probably really hard to pull off. And I think they did that really well here. I mean, there was like the 
full motion CG. Like they did, they did a pretty good mix of, and maybe that's indicative of the time. And like you're saying now it'd be just be all CG, but and I think they did a really good mix of, of like, especially like in the very beginning when they had that pretty funny, like, you know, but sad, um, um, you know, illegal, illegal alien scene in the very beginning with that one creature where, you know, like it was clearly like a puppet situation where, um, and then like a guy in a suit, but then they went with the full CG and it was a, I, I thought it was like a really effective mix of all, all the different techniques that they had. And I just think that, you know, like um, the, I mean, it do, it does hold up pretty well. I mean, maybe some of the stuff. I mean, just particularly the bug, maybe looks a little tiny bit cartoony in in some some scenes. But I mean, even even that, I think that that it it holds up really well. And and I mean, just pacing and story wise, I think there's a lot there. And you know, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on just the fact that the tone was like, I think that. You know, we've we've talked about it before where these movies can go horror, horror movie, and this movie it really works in the fact that it's it's a comedy because I mean, like, you know, you have the like the whole potentially creepy, like, okay, here's the men in black, like X Files situation. But I mean, I just really like the tone of this movie and it just made me feel very entertained, which is what I really want in a movie that's like this. Well, do you think they had a spec that was a more serious version? And they said, wait, we got to get Will Smith. He's the hottest thing right now. And had to redo everything as a result. Because I mentioned, you know, as we were watching it, thinking of the X-Files version of the Men in Black, where there was definitely that weighted car with the weird, if the way they filmed it with the speed that they would have it move. And they really seemed ominous. And this presented the idea of these, uh, very strange agency that's doing things, you know, in the background, but in a way that you would actually love and you're happy that they're there. That's kind yeah. of the weird thing. Actually, when you think about it, if you remove Will Smith from this movie, how much of the comedy goes with him? If you put a serious actor in his place, does this become a purely serious science, you know, sci-fi movie at that point? Like a lot of it kind of rides on his character when you really think about it. I mean, obviously there's the worm guys and, you know, you get Tommy Lee and, you know, Rip Torn, they'll, they'll pull some comedy stuff. But honestly, it's because they're bouncing off of Will Smith's character. Like, was this a serious movie? And then Will Smith got cast because he was hot off of Independence Day and stuff like that. And then it became a comedy movie all of a sudden. It's an interesting idea, I wonder. I do think so, because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is actually based on a comic book. And I think that the tone of the comic book is more like X-Files-ish. It did open mentioning that. It said it was a Marvel comic. Did we? Is, wait, does this fall under uh, Disney now somehow? Did we just I watch guess, another, I, I guess, just watch another mouse movie? <laughs> is it in the MCU? <laughs> is it canon? <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. Because yeah. we know we got some stinkers over the years. So this, uh, if this started everything... <laughs> The real first, first MCU <laughs> film. I will say one of the things that we kind of talked about as we were watching it, and I went in and I checked afterwards, but this was, you know, obviously very much scored by uh, Danny Elfman, and it sounds like it. I, parts of it, I was like, man, I just feel like I'm watching Batman Returns, like with some of the uh, the approach to the music. 
but um i i enjoyed it i think it did it gave it kind of that um uh burton-esque aspect like bobby was saying at the beginning uh with like the fonts and stuff like that you know it definitely had that that feel of being a tim burton movie um and because of the music obviously a lot of the rest of the stuff maybe not so much but i could have easily seen a tim burton version of this right mm-hmm. where it leaned more on the creepy and weird factor unless maybe on the comedy aspect I do have to ask, since we're talking about the music, where do you rate this on your best movie tie-in song? How much does Men in Black, you know, well, how do you feel about this particular track that Will Smith released for this movie? Are you are you here with Celine? Your heart will go on as Titanic. Does that win for you? Maybe you're hanging out with Vanilla Ice and Ninja Rap for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is your favorite. Where do you think you rank this for your favorite movie songs? I, uh, okay, so let's be clear because I, th- this is where, like, I wonder because then there's stuff like Kiss from a Rose for what was it? Yes, Batman Forever. Batman Forever. But yeah. Is it a song that they found and created a tie in? Are we counting that or are we counting ones that were made? Yes, we'll for the count movie? that. Okay. Just, I mean, that was, you, you mentioned Kiss from a Rose. Like, come on. Like, who doesn't love that song? I would say, like, I, I'm, I'm going Kiss from a Rose, man. Like, I'm a I'm a kid at the pizza the Pizza Hut buffet or whatever playing it on the jukebox on loop so I'm that guy. Like, like that's what's my, wrong. That's my what's wrong with that kid? Like this song is serious. <laughs> what about for you, Bobby? This edges out MC Hammer's Adam's Family song oh, as no, a deep cut for you guys. <laughs> this is definitely way above what was the one that uh, Prince did for Batman. This is way above that one. Uh, I think I saw it was the Batman dance. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty up there. And I, you know, I can still, as we were listening to it during the end credits, I could still see the music video. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's I, I was music videos were all the rage. And, and you couldn't not hear a song without seeing the video to tie it in. So I thought, I thought it was a, a nice, fun thing because I definitely enjoyed hearing it again. I probably have not listened to that song in a, in a very long time. Let's talk about as we move through the film. I think, again, we were really good up to, I think, three quarters of it. And we kind of ran into those parts where again, me enjoying the character of Tommy Lee. And we get through what I thought was a very awesome end spaceship crashing scene and him going through the battle with the bug and, and coming out of it full of slime. And then all of a sudden you have this scene where it's, I no longer want to be an MIB. And that was just odd, right? I mean, yeah, I kind of got the idea that maybe it was like a slow burn kind of situation. And they definitely had that pretty emotion emotional moment in the very beginning of the film with the other guy. Um, I forget his his letter designation, B or D or something. D. Um, D. D, yeah. And he, um, you know, that was, to me, that was like a surprisingly like emotional scene where he says, look, I just don't, I just don't have it anymore. And then, you know, there, there's the reality of, okay, like now we have to erase your entire life. And I think that, you know, there's a little bit of, I think it has to tie into the very beginning. Like maybe he wasn't thinking so much about it before. I mean, maybe he was, but I think it, to me, it kind of ties into the very beginning with the sudden retirement of D whose mind was in it, but his body just wasn't there with him anymore. But we saw, a very good explanation uh, exclamation 
that the character of K was definitely still in it. I mean, he went into the buck. Well, see, this I was actually thinking about it after we finished watching it, and I do get where Bobby's coming from. I do think if they probably would have played with it a little bit better story-wise, it, it could have very easily tied into D's retirement. Um, maybe, you know, he looked, you know, you could, you could have played into the fact that maybe, you know, Kay was looking around, noticed that all of his buddies were gone, right. That everyone else was either dead or retired or whatever. Um, and it could have been an arc for him. It, it's part of the reason why I felt that the whole scene of him creepily spying on his girlfriend from the fifties was kind of weirdly placed is like this catastrophic events happening, but he sits down at his desk and starts typing on his computer to stalk his, you know, X or whatever. Um, but I do see why something like that might've came in, you know, after the fact um, to try to bridge that gap, to give a reasoning behind his sudden, because it was very sudden. There was no real buildup to it. Um, and I think the part that kind of makes it the worst is not they undo it in the next movie. I don't want to talk about the sequels because they suck, but um, it, wait, it, wait a minute. Wait, yeah, no. what are you saying? <laughs> well, I honestly don't remember the sequels well enough. So maybe that is an indication that they weren't great. All I do know is Linda wasn't apparently in part two. So this seemed like a setup for a second movie, right? You get rid of Kay's character. He's aged and moving on. And this is going to be about this, these two characters that were, going to create something new with your morgue expert in the wild and crazy NYPD cop. I don't mean, maybe there was conversations. Maybe there was even conversations during it where they were like, wow, this is really working well. We can see sequels. And Tommy Lee was like, I don't want to be in sequels either. Kill me off or pull the Harrison, right? So either kill me off or wipe my mind at the end. So I don't have to be part of this again. And maybe that's just why that was the disconnect between them being all covered in goo and stuff. Maybe there was an end scene originally that branched off of that, but then they changed the direction all of a sudden, maybe it was a reshoot and came back and did that in order to kind of write off Tommy Lee's character. Um, obviously that didn't stick because there's two more sequels, but um, maybe that was intent. Maybe that's just why there was such a disconnect. Cause then I think, what was it? Lori Laurel, whatever her name was um, the doctor, the pathologist or whatever, she's still covered in, you know, bug gunk or whatever. But those two are perfectly clean. But I think it was because they could have that moment, right? It wouldn't have been very heartfelt if they were just still covered in bug goo. It would have. It would have looked right, though. We wouldn't have. We wouldn't have had to point out the fact that she was dirty from her tree fall. From Maybe. the beginning to the end of this movie, they loved covering people and stuff. Like the the border patrol cop in the very beginning got covered in blue stuff, and then. Will Smith got puked on by stuff all throughout the movie is like a running gag to cover somebody in something gross. Maybe they were big fans of Nickelodeon. <laughs> Maybe no? slimed time to get slimed again. Oh, totally. They totally would have abused us if this was like post avatar in the 3d release. They would have just been goose shooting at the, at the camera or whatever to make people dodge and, you know, duck and stuff like that. So I don't know. That's, um, it's an interesting man. Bobby's getting those observations. I wasn't even, I didn't even have a goo counter as I was watching this, but yeah, there was, there was quite a bit of those little incidents. So it's there. I mean, it, I think that was the thing with the gags and the pacing. And again, with the, with just the comedy bits and the way that lines were delivered. I, I was smiling the whole time. I'm not going to lie. It was just entertaining 
in a way that I think we found as we've been going through a lot of films lately that they're not holding up to this to this point without being really maybe big and grandiose or as obvious. And I would not have probably picked for myself like, oh, yeah, Men in Black. It was this perfect thing that I remember from way back when. It was sort of one that I probably put to the wayside in my mind. And I was very, very pleasantly surprised with it. I agree. I mean, the one thing that didn't quite hold up for me as well was some of the one-liner stuff. Like, I make this look good and like those kind of things. I just thought they were just a little bit like a little bit big for the moment. But I I understood like from a theatrical point of view why they were in there. Which is the Will Smith part, right? Yeah. Like it was mainly him delivering those type of items where when Tommy Lee cracked a joke, it was it just spot on for me. Intergalactic kegger. I don't <laughs> I, I do agree that they're probably those moments, but I mean that's that's very Will Smith. That's very nineties Will Smith kind of dialogue. I mean, it kind of fits into that. But I can see how it can come off as a little bit cringy sometimes. I do find it strange how I mean, maybe they should have established a little bit more about uh what was his name, James, before he became Jay. Um he kind of gave up his his uh his life pretty easily you know in the span of a day he he doesn't exist anymore so you know they didn't i'm i'm assuming i think in the later movies they might have gone into it he doesn't have any family or anything but that's that's a uh that's a pretty big commitment to to just drop your entire life yeah you it's hard not to put yourself in his shoes Especially when they present you with the scenario of him going into a meeting room full of essentially experts and they land the punchline of, oh, and the NYPD is here (laughs) compared to all these decorated military uh, personnel. And uh, yeah, it's it is one of the things where if you're in that same place, could you make that same type of decision saying you had the skills to do that? (laughs) It's kind of one of those like jedi abduct you forever kind of situations that's been you know like bound to cause problems right like you mean the things we don't want to think about (laughs) about right things that we love (laughs) like here here you are stolen as a child now you know don't have any any emotional connection to anything i think it's i think it's not very doable but it's interesting because i mean from a from a logistics point of view, like it's like, don't have any connections, you know, like how like, you know, superheroes shouldn't have girlfriends because, you know, it'll, it'll be a liability for them. But I mean, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing to say, okay, here's, you're going to disappear as a person. We're going to literally erase your fingerprint and you don't exist anymore. So let's talk about existence. (laughs) because i know we're gonna go wow we're going there okay i didn't know we were that here's the thing so thinking about way back when when i saw this film talk about like zooming out as much as you possibly can and trying to remind people about how small we really are i know it sounds insane because we are talking about a film that genuinely made us laugh right but there was a thing to me about seeing especially at the end the alien playing with marbles that represented universes. And I just even remember way back when thinking, well, what if it is really like this? And just, it's, it's, it's hard for me not to do that today. Sorry. Existential crisis coming in. 
I mean, the, the idea of it's very interesting. I mean, because the whole time they say, okay, there's this universe. And, you know, like you said, you know, they could have said, oh, the universe is on Orion's collar. And, okay, movie over at that point. But, you know, it's it's interesting how, okay, like, the universe is in this, is in this, you know, globe in a collar. And then, oh, it's, you think about, okay, that, that's some that's a different universe and then oh here's our other universe but the reality is is that regardless of how it actually is we all live in our little bubbles a movie like this isn't supposed to speak to us like this well and it's kind of funny watching it again after after this long there's things i think i've found uh i appreciate a little bit more case in point the whole the ryan's collar uh i think that the way they set up the fact that he didn't say Orion's collar, my cat Orion's collar, you know, was easily spoken to earlier when he didn't know how to say the word war. He he was a like, conflict or like he couldn't quite, you know, translate in his mind in English the word, you know, which is kind of weird because he obviously had a business in New York. So he probably talked to people, but they did try to set up the reason why, you know, he couldn't just say it's on my cat's collar, you know. Um, which would have been, like you said, movie over. That's it. Say, like, oh, that one over there. All right, we got it. Good. Put in the I safe. Mean, you, you've given me an idea for a new bit. We need to do something where we say, how quickly can we take a movie's plot and end the film? <laughs> uh, I, I can already end it right now. For a government agency or whatever who's protecting the Earth from aliens, why is it that they don't have any, you know, tracking system whenever they land on Earth? They have, they can zoom in on this lady's gardening, but they can't find a bug that crash lands. Like, come on, guys! It was 1997. Cell phones didn't exist the way they do today. That's why they got to use the tabloids. <laughs> oh, it's uh, killing me! It's killing me! All right, so what we'll do now? Let's let's run through our recommendations. Like we said, 24 year old movie. Bobby, how, how do you feel about this one? What are you telling people to do here in 2021? Yeah, I mean, like we mentioned, I mean, I, I think this movie was surprisingly entertaining. Or maybe not surprisingly, but I mean, I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. And I thought it was pretty well paced. And I think that it really worked. I mean, some of it kind of, you know, feels like 1997 a little bit. But to me, that's not a bad thing. And I enjoyed it all throughout. What did you guys think, Matt? I honestly think that it holds up really well. I think that you could probably show this to a kid now. And yeah, some of the technology is not going to hold up for them. But I think as a movie, it's going to hold up really well. I would tell anyone who has not watched it to treat it as a standalone. Do not watch the sequels or the remake or whatever that international movie was. If you want to watch something past this, watch the cartoon. That was good. But treat it as a standalone. I think if I I think if you really want to, you can you can poke holes and things like, you know, like the Edgar suit, like the bug does would not fit or would not work in the Edgar suit if you really want to get. But I think you can really like get to the point to where you can really like, you know, mess with it. But I think that because of the tone of it, it was a comedy. I, I, I think that those kind of things are forgivable. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what I'm hearing here is. Don't watch the sequels, watch the cartoon. I haven't seen the cartoon, so maybe I do need to add that to a watch list. But uh, we're definitely all in agreement on this one, that this is a, I'm going to say must-see, in the sense that if you haven't seen it, you're going to enjoy it. It's very entertaining. 
understand that 1997 was the time frame. So yes, the CGI isn't going to be what you get today from your MCU movies, but this is the first MCU movie. You heard it here first. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Disney's coming after us with this one. <laughs> so please definitely watch this film because it's, it's very entertaining and, and something that's worth watching even today. So as always, thank you for listening. And remember, roaches check in. They don't check out. <laughs>